This is a great message, Empowered to Succeed. This is a, a Life of Purpose series. Uh, and I just know God wants to lift us out of mediocrity. Amen. Don't you just hate mediocrity? I mean, and the thing about mediocrity, it just, life is okay, life is good, and, but it's just mediocrity, and it's just, uh, we went to a resort one time down in South Texas, and um, we got on this um, lazy river, and you get on this big flotation device, and your whole family, and you just float, and, and the reason they call it lazy river is because it's just slow, and it's going, but you don't really have any control. You just go where the water takes you. Did you know life wants to do that with each and every one of us? It wants to take you to a destination that God never intended you to go. Because God has greatness on the inside of each and every person on this planet. I believe that. And so when I was meditating, praying this week about today's message... I was praying and I felt this in my heart that, you know, I'm not supposed to inspire today. I'm not supposed to inspire you today. I'm not supposed to encourage you today. And I thought, well, this sounds like the devil. And I thought, well, this is really odd. And I felt like the Lord say in my heart, he says, I want you to convince them today. So you're going to be convinced today that there's greatness on the inside of you. You young people, you're getting a message of a lifetime. I wish I was taught this when I was 17, 18, 20. But having said that, you still need to hear it if you're 70 or 80 or 90 because there's still greatness. And you know why? The greatness that's inside of you never leaves. Never, ever leaves. So, But it does take faith to believe that you have greatness on the inside of you. I know that. So... I gave you a homework assignment a couple of weeks ago. I was out of town last Sunday, but I gave you a homework assignment that you were supposed to get off for about 15 or 20 minutes and just think big. What do you want in life? Now, I know some of you probably didn't do that. I still love you anyway, but um, you need to do that. You need to just set it. I try to do that every week of my life to start thinking big. And uh, because... If, if you don't take time to think big, life just has a hab habit of consuming you day in and day out, day in and day out. So in Ephesians 3.20, we said this a couple of weeks ago that it says that you need to dare to ask. God will do exceedingly abundantly above all that you dare ask or think. And, you know, I said, you know, God is double-dog daring you, double-dog daring you to ask and believe for something big. Scary big. If you can do it, you can rest assured it's not big enough. If you can do it, it's not big enough. You're not thinking big enough. So God has positioned every person on this planet for success. That's just a good father. And you know the way, you know, I hear people say this, but I don't really believe that you know what you're saying. You know, people say, how are you? Oh, I'm blessed. You know what blessed one definition of blessed is it means empowered to succeed. Each person is empowered to succeed. You are empowered to succeed. In Joshua chapter 1, 
It's a familiar scripture about success. Usually if you hear a message on success, ministers will bring this scripture up. Joshua 1.8 says, And don't for a minute let this book of the Revelation be out of mind. Ponder, meditate on it day and night, making sure you practice everything written in it. Then you'll get where you're going. Then you'll succeed. So does God want you to succeed? Well, obviously, he wouldn't tell you how to succeed if he doesn't want you to succeed. Then he says, haven't I commanded you? Strength, courage, don't be timid. Now, that's where we mess up. We get timid. We get, well, maybe I shouldn't. Maybe I should You know, there's a time, you know, to put your foot in the water, and there's a time if you're on the diving board, it's time to jump. I was in a conference last weekend, and I gave this illustration when I was speaking in that um, I said, sometimes we're just afraid to pull the trigger. Do you know what I mean by that expression? Well, I said that, and this young lady just got all excited, and so I thought, well, okay, that's, that's good. And so when, I at, when we were taking a break, she came up to me. She says, I just have to tell you what happened. I went, please do. She said, right before you said that, she said, I've been thinking about this decision I should be making, but I was just timid. I was just, I was just timid, and I was just afraid, and I, and I didn't want to do, make a bad decision, everything. And she says, I was just, closed my eyes, and I saw a picture of a pink gun. I said, really? She goes, yeah. And I thought, well, why am I seeing a picture of a pink gun? And she said, right after I saw that, you said, don't be afraid to pull the trigger. I'm telling you, God will help you. Even when you least expect that God will give you the, the, the weirdest, the funniest, the, just to have, God wants you to succeed. And so he says, don't be timid, but be strong, be courageous, and don't get discouraged. I mean, no, that's your responsibility, not God's. Don't get discouraged. And the reason we get discouraged is because we're thinking on the wrong thing. Well, this could happen, or that could happen, or this could or something negative, something bad. Well, that'll get you discouraged. God, the reason he says don't get discouraged, God, your God, is with you every step you take. Now, he sits there and he says, I want you to meditate upon the word so you can practice and make sure everything that is written that you'll do it. In the Old Testament, you had in the Old Covenant, I should say, you had to perform to get the blessing. In the New Covenant, in John chapter 1, verse 1, it said, The Word was made flesh. The Word, which is the Word of God, was made flesh. Who's that talking about? Jesus. The Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. So in the Old Covenant, you had to work to get the Word in you so you could be successful. Listen to me. In the New Covenant... The word was made flesh, so you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and he gets the word in you because it's Jesus in you, and you get the same result, you get success. Romans 8, 28 says this, so we are convinced that every detail of our lives is continually woven together to fit into God's perfect plan of bringing good into our lives. What is God's perfect plan? He wants to bring good into in your life. He wants to bring, that's God's plan, is to bring good into your life. He says, for we are his lovers who have been called to fulfill his design purpose. So I just was thinking, well, 
what is God's design? What is he, his design purpose for each and every one of us? That's a pretty broad statement. And I'll answer it with a, a kind of a broad statement. His design purpose is for everybody to succeed. You know, God didn't create people and say, you know, this one is created for failure. This one is created for mediocrity. This one is created for, and this one's going to be pretty good. And this one is going to be, you know, Bill Gates. He'll do really well. There is no respecter of persons with God. He doesn't put in some substance in one person and very little in another. You young people listening to me? You old people listening to me? Everybody in between listening to me? If you're old, you shouldn't have said amen. You said, well, I'm not old, but anyway. (laughs) Verse 29 says, For he knew all about us before we were born, And he destined us from the beginning to share the likeness of his son. This means the son is the firstborn among many who will become just like him. 1 John 4, 17 says, as he is, so are we in this life. In this life. You know, if the devil can get Christians to think that when we get to heaven, that's when we get the stuff. When we get to heaven, we'll get the the blessings. When we get to heaven, we get our mansion. When we get to heaven, just life is going to be great. The devil has deceived the church in being living a mediocrity type of lifestyle, thinking that when we die, we get it. Well, the problem with that is Jesus died so you could get it now. He died so you could get it now. This is what I do know. All of us, including myself, we all have fault failure. Just to make sure I'm talking to everybody, you don't have to raise your hand, but has everybody in here failed at something? We all have, haven't we? We, Sometimes miserably at at things. And sometimes where you can think, man, I I really messed this up, and I I really chose poorly on this this decision that I made. And so you have in your mind, well, pastor, you're talking about succeeding. But man, I have had so many failures. I've tried, I tried. And it just seems like maybe, and you, you accept this lie that I'm destined just to barely get along, just barely get along in life. You know, last uh, November, I I love Black Friday when it comes to buying appliances. Don't you love Black Friday when it comes to appliances? We, we bought a dishwasher because ours was busted, so it was a really good, good time to buy a dishwasher. But, you know, just about every product that you buy, you get a manual. You get a manual. Not that, uh, don't raise your hand, but has anybody ever read the manual? From page to page, I mean, from end to everything. Yeah. Very, very few people. But in the manual, if the ones that you have never read, you, you find in here that says this. If this product breaks, do not attempt to fix it yourself. I read that. I have no temptation ever fulfilling that. But anyway, uh, but it says that you must take the product to an authorized dealer. Don't just take it anywhere. I mean, this is Bosch. You can't take the Bosch to... Uh, uh, Maytag, thank you. Can't take it to Maytag because Maytag's not, it's, they're not authorized dealers. You got to go to a Bosch dealer. So I was thinking about this, and you know, when we mess up sometimes in life we, and we fail, 
we really try hard to fix ourselves. We ought to at least have enough sense as manufacturers, and, and if we could have it stamped on us someplace, do not attempt to fix yourself. <laughs> and whatever you do, don't go to an unauthorized dealer, uh, which would mean you shouldn't go to Muhammad or, or uh, Hare Krishna or some unauthorized uh, place to get fixed. There's only one place you need to go to get fixed. His name is Jesus, and he knows everything about you, and he says, I can take care. You know, I'm just amazed how intelligent God made people. You know, when you, you take something in, and it's electronic, and it's really high-tech stuff, and, and I just, I'm watching them, and I go, man, this, this is amazing. You are so gifted, and they always look at me and like, yeah, because it's like one plus one is two to them. But they've been trained in that, and they know exactly how to fix this thing that's so complicated, you know, to me, it would be. But they just know. They've been trained, and so they know specifically what's wrong, and they fix it, and they give it back to you, your products back to you. And it's just like, wow, thank you so much. You're just, you are really gifted. You are just smart. And they just smile sheepishly like, you should leave now. But anyway. Our Heavenly Father knows everything about our life. And He wants to make sure that what He, you know, you and I represent Him. We represent Him. He wants to make sure everything is functioning properly. Everything should be running properly. So under the Old Covenant, they had to do certain things to get the Word in them. God says, my Word is in you. So we have to meditate and think about what is in us. We do. I, when I was looking at the Old Covenant, I just thought, you know, God said this many times about the people in the Old Covenant. He said, you're rebellious, you're stiff-necked, and you're just out-of-control type people. Some of the families that you may know, your distant relatives. But anyway, there are all these negative things. But God says, I'm still going to bless you, I'm still going to prosper you, and I'll still heal you. And because most people think that the God of the New Testament is not the same God in the Old Testament. But you don't realize the God in the New Testament is the same, is that the people didn't accept him as the same. Look at Ezekiel 36. He says, therefore, verse 22, this is a message translation. He says, therefore, tell Israel, message of God, the master. I'm not doing this for you, Israel. I'm doing it for me to save my character, my holy name, which you've blackened in every country where you've gone. I'm going to put my great and holy name on display, the name that has been ruined in so many countries, the name that you've blackened wherever you went. Then the nations will realize who I really am, that I am God when I show my holiness through you so that they can see it with their own eyes. God has been advertised in such a terrible way. He, said, he even said to the people in the old covenant, he says, you know, you've really messed up, but I'm going to bless you anyway. I'm going to 
take care of you anyway. I'm going to heal you anyway because I want people to know how good I truly am. Did you know he still hasn't changed that today? He wants to show his goodness through you so that your next-door neighbors, so that your boss, so that your relatives can know how good God really is. He wants to know that. So listen, we have to get a... I've said this so many times, but we, I don't even totally understand. When we understand how much God loves us, you'll walk in a greater healing, you'll walk in greater prosperity, you'll walk greater in your relationships, you'll walk greater in every area of your life when you understand how much God loves you. Oliver Wendell Holmes, he says, what lies behind us and what lies before us are tiny matters compared to what lies in us. Isn't that a good quote? I'll say it again. What lies behind us, what lies before us are tiny matters compared to what lies within us. So you know what he's saying? Your past doesn't matter. The circumstances that you're going to face don't matter. What's the greatest thing is not your past, what you're going to be facing. The greatest thing is, do you understand what's within? Do you understand what is within? Psalms 112 verse 1 says this, Praise the Lord. How joyful are those who fear the Lord and delight in obeying His commands. Their children will be successful everywhere. Does God want you to succeed? Well, obviously, he said, listen, if you're a part of my family, your children are going to be successful everywhere. I tell you what, you can plan a kid who knows his royalty in the slums of any place on the planet, and that child will know I'm in the slums, but I'm royalty in the slums. Because where you're at doesn't determine who you are. Where you're at does not determine who you are. But the devil likes to make you get determined who you are by telling you what's going on around you. This is because of who you are. That is such a lie. He says, "My an entire generation of godly people will be blessed. They themselves will be wealthy, and their good deeds will last forever. Light shines in the darkness for the godly. They are generous, compassionate, and righteous. You show me somebody who's generous, compassionate, and righteous, and I'll probably show you somebody who understands how much God loves them. Good comes to those who lend money generously and conduct their business fairly. I'm telling you, God wants you convinced today that there's greatness inside of you to succeed in every area of your life. God wants you to be successful in your business. God wants you to be successful in your finances. God wants you to have healthy bodies. He wants you to have healthy relationships. He wants you to do well in school. And all the young people said, that was weak, but we're working on you. You'll say amen by the end of the message. Genesis 39. I saw this scripture for the first time. At least it seemed like for the first time in my life. I've read this scripture many, many times. The background of the story is it's about Joseph. You know, Joseph had some brothers who were not so kind. They were just flat, flat out mean. And uh, they sold Joseph into slavery. I've been mistreated, you know, sometimes by uh, 
certain people, but, you know, nobody sold me as a slave. So, I mean, this is pretty bad. And uh, Joseph was a slave in Egypt. And uh, Potiphar bought him, purchased him. He was a, uh, purchased by Potiphar. So this is where the story picks up in verse 5. From the day Joseph was put in charge of his master's household and property, the Lord began to bless Potiphar's household for Joseph's sake. All his household affairs ran smoothly and his crops and livestock flourished. In the past, for decades, I've read this story and I was... Uh, compared to Joseph. I would compare myself to Joseph. I felt like God was saying, you know, we're like Joseph. Whatever we do prospers. Whatever, if, if we're in prison, we'll prosper. If we're sold as a slave, we'll prosper. We're just like Joseph. This week, I read this, and I came unglued. I felt like the Lord said, you're also Potiphar. You're the Egyptian." And I went, what? So I started reading it in all these different translations. This is the message translation. Genesis 39, 4 and 6. He became very fond of Joseph, and he made him his personal aide. This is talking about Potiphar. He put him in charge of all his personal affairs, turning everything over to him. From that moment on, God blessed the home of the Egyptian all because of Joseph. The blessing of God spread over everything he owned at home and his field, fields. All Potiphar had to concern himself with was eating three meals a day. I felt that like the Lord said, when you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, it was the same as Potiphar having Joseph come into his house. And because Joseph came into Potiphar's house, everything that Potiphar had was blessed. His flocks, his fields, his bank account, everything just went up off the scale. Nothing because of what he did, but because who he had in his house. God says, Jesus is inside of you today. He's inside. Everybody say, Jesus is inside of me today. Because Jesus is inside of you today, everything that you have, if you know who's inside of you, he says, I'll bless you for Jesus' sake. Come on now, did you hear that? Holy cow. It's not even up to Potiphar. He was not even a Jew. He knew nothing about covenant. He didn't know anything about God. He probably, he, all of his life, he heard about all these gods. Egypt was, they had so many gods, the sun god, the frog god. I mean, they had all kinds of gods in Egypt. But now, all of a sudden, Joseph comes in his house as a slave. As a slave. And yet, as a slave who knows God, as a slave who knows God, you cannot keep him in prison. No matter if you put him in prison, he's not in prison. He says, you can put me in prison, but that's not my, I'm not a prisoner. That's not my identity. Come on now. That's not my identity. Joseph, he says, you can call me a slave, but I'm no slave to anybody. I know who I am in Christ. I know who I am. So here he is as a slave, as far as Potiphar is concerned, and Potiphar realized, Potiphar realized he saw that everything that Joseph was in charge of would just explode and, and prosper and increase in everything that Joseph did. 
And he said God, he understood that God blessed. It was the blessing of God upon his life. Do you understand and realize that God wants to do that through you and me today? He wants you to succeed today so people will look at your life and go, you know, I know you're not that smart. Everybody back in Kentucky realizes that. I know you're not that smart. I know who you are. It's got to be something else. It's got to be something else. So Potiphar realized it's because God, who he serves, is blessing everything. So he just started putting him in charge of more and more things. You're in, I, you're in charge of the fields outside. Oh, by the way, you're in charge of this. This is what Potiphar said. The only thing that he had to be concerned with is making sure he was at the supper table three times a day. That's pretty good. Listen to the Amplified Version. It says it this way. And his master saw that the Lord was with him. Potiphar saw something. That the Lord was with him and that the Lord made. Joseph didn't make it. Potiphar didn't make it. But the Lord made all that he did to flourish and succeed. To flourish and and succeed I'm going to say it again to flourish and succeed everybody say that's my father to flourish and succeed in his hand so Joseph pleased Potiphar and found favor in his sight and he served him and his master made him supervisor over his house and put all that he had in his charge from that from the time that he made him supervisor in his house and over all that he had The Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. And the Lord's blessing was on all that he had in the house and in the field. So this is what you and I need to do. You need to envision yourself being blessed and highly favored in every area of your life. In your job. In your relationships. In your health, in your body, you need to envision yourself. Listen to me. You don't need to just say, well, I've just always struggled, and this has been a a problem in my family. It may be that is a fact, but there is a higher fact that says that you're highly favored by God, that you are blessed, which means I'm empowered to succeed in every area of my life. You have to believe that. You have to believe that. His name's been given to you. The name of Jesus is above every name, and it's been given to you. All right? With that in mind, Philippians 4.13. I have strength for all things in Christ who empowers me. I am ready for anything and equal to anything through him who infuses inner strength into me. I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. Man, there's just so much there. You could just spend a series just on this one scripture. It says, I have strength for all things in Christ who empowers me. I'm ready for anything and equal to anything through him who infuses inner strength. There's going to be things that come up against you to try to hinder you, to discourage you, and to flat out try to stop you. But Paul says, I am equal to and better than anything that I will ever face. The Passion Translation says it this way. It says, my heart overflows with joy when I think of how you showered your love to me by your financial support of my ministry. 
For even though you have so little, you still continue to help me at every opportunity. That was God loving on Paul through them. That was God loving on Paul through them. That's God's intention for all of us. God wants you to show his love through you to somebody else. When you buy somebody even dinner, that's showing love. That's showing love. When you do anything, it's the love of God wants to be manifested through your life. Then verse uh, 11 says, I'm not telling you this because I need your money. Paul is so awesome. He says, I'm not telling you this because I need your money, for I have learned to be satisfied with whatever I have. I know that it, what it means to lack, and I know what it means to experience overwhelming abundance. So what is he saying there? He says, I know what it means to lack, and I know what it means to experience abundance. You know what he's saying there? He says, I do not let my circumstances dictate to me no matter what they may be. I do not let my circumstances dictate to me no matter what they may be. You can take that to any level. I do not let my body dictate to me what it thinks it may want me to feel. I don't let my checkbook tell me that I'm lacking. Did that just... (laughs) If you don't let your circumstance... Paul says, you know what, I've lacked, but I know. I'm not a lacker. My body may be hurting, but I'm not a herder. And this is what he says. For I'm trained in the secret of overcoming all things. Wow. This is better than CIA stuff, let me tell you. This is better than secret police and secret forces and all that special forces. He says, I've been trained in the secret of overcoming how many things? How many things? Paul says, I have been trained in overcoming all things. So whatever is I'm ever going to face, I know that I can overcome it. Why? Because he infuses inner strength inside of me. It's not up to Paul. It's what's inside of Paul that I know that I can overcome. It's not because of Paul that I overcome. It's what's inside of Paul who's saying that I know I can overcome because I know what the strength is. On the inside of me. So he says, whatever, uh, where are we at? For I am trained in the secret of overcoming all things, whether in fullness or in hunger. And I find that the strength of Christ's explosive power infuses me to conquer every difficulty. Every difficulty can be overcome, not by some outside force, but what is on the inside of you. So I've just been meditating. I've just been thinking, I'm successful. I am so successful. Wow, I'm successful. There is greatness inside of me. There is so much greatness inside of Mike Davis. I look in a mirror. I looked in there before I got up here to preach. I looked in the mirror and I said, God's inside of that man. And he knows what to say. He knows what to speak. He's powerful, explosive. He has the strength of Almighty God inside of him. And I went, Thanks. It's always good to say thank you when somebody says something nice about you. But this is the problem that I've faced most of my life, and you may have too. There's an inner voice back here in the back of your head that says things about you 
that brings up things about you. Things that people have said about you. And so you have this back in your mind that says, you know, well, you didn't really do that well in school. Or you've been kind of lazy in your life. You're not that smart. You've really not measured up. Really, do you think you can be successful? I don't think you can because your past has said that you've really not been that great. Your track record, let's look at your track record. And the voice gets stronger and stronger, and that's what the enemy wants you to meditate upon. I'm telling you, you have been given the name above all names, the name of Jesus. This, I know I get a lot of flack from this because um, I'm an Apple guy. I know there's all kinds of PC lovers, in, even in my family, believe it or not. I haven't. When you see that symbol right there, you know what it is, don't you? There's something that stands behind that symbol, though. It stands behind that symbol. When they send out this product, if there's anything wrong, if you start opening it up and something's not functioning right, they will, and you call them up, and I think after Disney, I think Apple is some of the best customer service. That's just my opinion. I mean, Disney's number one, but I think Apple's real close in the top five. But they just treat me so well because I've always had Apple products. And if there's anything wrong, I go, hey. Now, when I call, the the recording says, hi, Mike. What Apple product do you have a problem with today? That's the recording. I go, I am so special. (laughs) The computer even knows my name. So anyway, you can call them up. And when you do, you say, what, what Apple product? Because I have all their products. But anyway, you call me and say, well, it's my laptop. It's not functioning right. <laughs> this is what they'll do. They don't, they don't know Mike Davis. They don't know me. I'm not their best friend. I'm not even their best customer. But they will take care of me. I can ship this back, and I have before. I can ship this. at. They pay for it overnight service. They pay for it. Fix it and send it back to me. And this one time, I had a crack on the back of this. I'm, I'm really going off here. But I had a crack even back here on the hinge part. And that, that was not even the problem. There's a problem on the inside. When I got it back, it was fixed the back. <laughs> I said, oh, my goodness. They fixed them. They gave me a new latch. I didn't, ask, I didn't ask for it, but they gave it to me. You know why they do stuff like that? The name. They want me telling people in church. They don't even know I'm a preacher. I should be getting paid for this. They're, because I, I'm, I'm going to be telling people. You know, the, the psychologists say they've done research that when, some, when something's done wrong to you, you'll tell a lot more people than when something good happens to you. So no, they don't want you telling, you know, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 people or a whole church that this is really bad. Why? Because it's for their name. They want their name to represent good things. Come on now. When it comes to the kingdom of God, 
the name of Jesus implanted on the inside of you. He wants things to be represented that are great, not just good. And he wants you coming out of your mouth, oh, I serve a good God. He takes care of me when my body's hurting. He takes care of me when I'm lacking in my finances. When I'm struggling in my relationships, he's always there for me. He wants the goodness coming out of your mouth so that you will know, people will know how good he truly is. Man, Apple didn't get anything. God started this a long time. He says, for my name's sake. Potiphar knew it. It was because of Joseph's sake. For Joseph's sake, Potiphar's house blossomed. Let me tell you something. Because of Jesus, for his sake, your life should be expounding. There is goodness and success on the inside of you. But this is the problem. There's several problems, but one of the problems is this. First of all, you got to know that it's in there. Are you convinced this morning that there's greatness on the inside of you? I don't care who you are, your background. I don't care if you're from Kentucky. There's greatness inside of you. There's greatness inside of you. About four years ago, all of my life, we just lived about paycheck to paycheck until four years ago. I'm 58, so from the time I was born to the time I was 54, I lived paycheck to paycheck, which, you know, if you got your bills paid, that's better than not living paycheck to paycheck. There's some people who don't even make it to the next paycheck. They live it to half a paycheck, and then they struggle and cry and borrow and whatever they do. But, you know, at least if you live paycheck to paycheck and all of your bills get paid, I will say this, man, every bill has been paid... In this church, in my life, I, we've always paid our bills. Never had to call a bill collector and say, no, I don't have the money. It's always been paid. I'm thankful for that. That's a great testimony. Having said that, you can accept that kind of a lifestyle. And there's no condemnation if you're happy with that. Hallelujah. But four years ago, I, I, I realized... That is not what God intended for Mike Davis, is to live paycheck to paycheck. I read the Bible, John 10.10, 10, that God wants me to live the abundant life. I would say, that's not manifested in my life. And I knew it wasn't my father's fault. So I started looking at Mike. So it just so happened, I, one of my friends up in Denver, who's a, a multimillionaire, and I do mean multi-millionaire. I'm not talking about, you know, three or four, five or ten. So he invited me up. I spent some time with him. And uh, I've known him for many, many years. He's been a friend of dad's family. Dad knew him when he grew up in church with him. Uh, so um, I just started spending some time. He started inviting me, and he started inviting me to his meetings. And so he asked me to speak in his meeting. Uh, that's where I was at last week, speaking in his meetings. And all of these people that were, there's a bunch of millionaires that I've been rubbing shoulders with for about the last four years, causing me to think differently, causing me to think bigger, causing me to stretch like I've never stretched before, causing me to say things out of my mouth that, Ten years ago, I would have went, <laughs> poof, clear, <laughs> you know. And I realized that the, 
the greatness and the bigness that was in them was also in me. They were just believing it and having it manifested. I doubted it and didn't believe it. Come on now. So four years ago, I started doing this. And four years ago, it just so happens I quit living paycheck to paycheck. Coincidental. And I didn't get a big raise from the church. I'm just saying. Just so you know, my salary stayed the same. But it was coming from the outside. Coming from the outside, but it was coming from the inside. Did you hear that? Before it's manifested on the outside, you have to know what's on the inside. And when you know what's on the inside, it's an easy thing to come out on the outside. People were wanting this to change first, and God's saying, do you know what's on the inside of you? You're trying to do something out here while all alone trying to be Potiphar and work harder and work harder and do this and do this while all alone you got Joseph on the inside, and for his sake, I can make things grow. We have Jesus on the inside who's saying that if you want to live paycheck to paycheck, you can do that all of your life. But if you want to do something bigger, something different, I'm telling you, and all the while, this, this voice on the inside of the back of my head says, well, you, you know you're not like these people. You know they know a lot more than you. You know they've done a lot more. You, be, you better just watch it. You better watch it. So you fight these voices in the back of your head. And, man, this is what you fight it with. I have the greatness of God inside of me. I'm successful. Whatever I put my hand to shall surely prosper. The goodness of God. Psalms 27, 13. Man, I got a hold of that scripture. Psalms 27, 13 says this. David said, I would have fainted if I wouldn't believe that I would have seen the goodness of God in the land of the living. So I just started saying, I'm seeing the goodness of God. I am seeing the goodness of God. I'm not going to when I get to heaven. You know, we sing that. When we all get to heaven, what a glorious day that will be. And so we just think we're going to see all the goodness when we get to heaven. And the devil will go, on, he will be your amen corner. Yes, amen. Yes, amen. You're going to see the goodness when you get to heaven. Amen. While all of God is saying, it's for today. Healing is for today. Prosperity is for today. Having success in your relationships is for today. Having victory in every area of your life is for today. Will you have challenges? Absolutely. Well, I've had challenges the last four years. I've had major challenges. Financial challenges? Yes. But boy, I tell you, they're a lot easier to come when you're thinking bigger. You realize, I know this is a God-ordained thing. I, five years ago, I would have never said, you know what, we're going to get a building, about fifty to 100,000 square foot building. You know what, we're going to build a university in, in the Congo. You know what, we're going to build a youth center in Pueblo, Colorado. Five years ago, if those thoughts would have came to me, I would have said, get thee behind me, Satan. We can't do that. But now, all of a sudden... I've opened up myself in the inside to realize 
that it's not Mike's ability, but it's somebody who, and we know this as believers, but we don't know it. We know it, but we don't know it. Christians all the time say, oh, I've got God inside of me. Do you know what you just said? You have the greatness and the most successful ability on the inside of you. That's why up on that wall, everybody turn and look at that wall. The first one is a new church building. This building is 13,000 square feet. The next one is a youth center that we're going to pay for, for our city, and we're going to be a blessing to our city for our teenagers. How many think that's a good thing? How many think it would be great for people in Denver to bring your teenagers to Pueblo because it's so awesome? I said, how many think people in Denver would be, come down to Pueblo and make a special trip to Pueblo to bring their teenagers because it's so awesome? Yes. And then the third thing is that we're going to build a university in Calami, the Congo. You can't think small and start spouting off like that. That's why I'm saying you need to get by yourself and get so big in your thinking that when, you, when it comes out of your mouth, you say, yeah, it's a little scary. I notice when I talk with these millionaires and they're talking about deals and, you know, I went to, to Indiana uh, a, couple or, yeah, a couple of weeks ago uh, and me and a handful of guys and just traveled around to this guy who, who's a millionaire as well. And, and um, he, I mean, we, we went to these houses and he bought three houses when we were there in about two hours. Chapung. And it's just like breathing. Just like inhale, exhale, you know. I mean, it was like pass out, resuscitate. Pass out, resuscitate. There's no difference between him and you. There is no difference. Well, you know, he... No, 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 no. You believe everything after the but. Yeah, that's nice, but... Whatever you say after the butts, what you believe. You need to change what you believe. You need to change what you believe. I'll close with this illustration. There is it was over 400 people. Uh, it's called Wealth Builders. And I got, I got to emcee it. I'm not, have you ever emceed something? It is so different from preaching. It's night and day. You just have, it's a whole different Thing I had to step in, and I have to be honest with you. I've spoken in front. Crowds do not. The bigger the crowd, the easier it is for me to speak. If I speak to twenty, it's more difficult than speak to twenty thousand. I could speak to a hundred thousand just like that and not even hesitate. Somebody says, "You want to go preach at this church? A hundred thousand people?" I said, "What time?" I will be there with bells on. It's just something God's gifted inside of me. But when it comes to MCing, MCing. I had to learn something totally different. But I just realized when I was doing this that I thought, God, the same greatness that you put inside of me to do this, I believe it's the same greatness I can do to do that. And it happened. I did it. And so now other opportunities are opening up for me to do other things. And I'm just thinking, wow, God. God says, I can do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you dare ask or think. But when are you going to start thinking and seeing bigger?
Mm. Let's stand.